Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode 139, I'm going to touch on nutrition myths. So just pretty much some common kind of misconceptions and things I hear about nutrition that I believe either the general population or even people in the fitness industry, or not in the fitness industry in regards to working in it maybe, but who are involved in fitness, who go to the gym consistently, can potentially uh, believe and some kind of nonsense I hear floating about. So to start off, the first one I kind of hear a lot is eating healthy is expensive and I think this is something that some people use to maybe justify not having the ability to commit towards their fitness goals. And if you think about maybe what's the cheapest diet ever to kind of be on, you might find calorie for calorie some and maybe in some cases I've not ran the numbers, some poorer food choices might be a bit cheaper, I don't know. However, for for 99% of individuals, I don't think it's a reasonable excuse. And the reason being is when you when you're like thinking about how much of how much like a food shop costs for myself, for example, I spend around about thirty to forty pounds a week on my weekly shop, and throughout the week I have salmon on my rest days, I have chicken, I have beef, I have whey. And I have fruit and vegetables with every meal. So I have like a healthy diet and I'm eating 3,700 calories on my training days now. So a fair amount of food and I get for like a reasonable price. And if you think about, right, you go, let's say you go to McDonald's on your break. You can easily spend a good five, a good five pounds there. And think about kind of how much food you get for one meal at McDonald's in comparison to spending 40, let's say 40 pounds a week on a weekly shop. It really isn't that much in the grand scheme of things when you calculate maybe the price of eating out and a fiver is kind of, that's kind of, that's been on the safe side. Most likely if you're going to go and eat out, you're going to spend more than that. Like for example, if you go Nando's, that's going to be the best part of heading up to £20, like a Domino's, at least a tenner in my opinion. So if you think about maybe the price of eating out a few times a week in comparison to, to eating relatively healthy foods, it's not expensive and I don't think that's like a reasonable reason to maybe not adhere to a diet and to not have like a healthy diet I think it's it's just like if it's just a case of kind of shopping around and being smart and strategic and I'm not saying like the diet I'm on you can't get any cheaper than that definitely not like you can you can even get maybe cheaper food choices like if you if you really ran numbers you could kind of Instead of having bagels, have more rice, etc. And just have, like, don't have salmon, that sort of thing. Don't have beef and go for, like, cheaper quality protein sources. You can play about with things like that and go for maybe the higher fat mints instead. Whole eggs, etc. There's a lot of healthy foods you can kind of go for that are a relatively good price. And when you think about the price of a night out, a night out, I think it's fair to say you can spend £50 on just like alcohol alone, not including maybe eating something after from a takeaway on a night out. That's the price of my shopping for a week. So in the grand scheme of things, for most individuals and how they live their lifestyle, it's not actually that expensive. They just need to kind of change their habits and change their kind of perception on what is expensive. And in terms of like your health, you also, I don't think you can put a price on your health as well. And it's going to be like a much better kind of investment. You're going to feel better in yourself physically and mentally most likely if you have quality foods in your diet. So next up, something I hear a lot is like the importance of breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day and I don't really think that is the case. 
uh, and the reason being is when it comes to like breakfast why like what a question is why is it the most important meal of the day like there's no there's nothing magical eating first thing in the morning upon wake uh, if you're trying to maximize muscle growth there is benefit in having your protein servings spread out appropriately and having multiple protein servings a day definitely to spike muscle protein synthesis to allow us to recover more effectively to allow us to kind of repair that damaged muscle tissue and be in a better position to kind of build muscle and when dieting retain muscle so that's definitely a benefit however there's not anything absolutely magical about eating first thing in the morning uh, especially if like you see let's say you train later in the day then i'd opt for maybe having less in the morning not having much first thing especially during dieting phases if you're wanting to maximize your muscle growth would i try and have a protein serving early in the morning definitely but like if you skip breakfast you're going to be fine the i think what's most important is adherence what's going to allow you to hit your calorie goal and stick to your calorie goal best in a way you enjoy doing so so when it comes to people dieting they might actually be better off skipping breakfast Yes, maybe it's not optimal when it comes to muscle growth and retention, but if they're having an appropriate amount of protein throughout the day and it allows them to adhere to their nutrition best, then that's probably what's going to be best for themselves. What I mean by that is, like, if someone has breakfast and it just causes them to kind of crave more food or want more food, then that might not be a good option for themselves and they might prefer fasting because people people get on a lot better some in some cases having like black and white rules like not eating at all uh, because some people struggle with, pro, with portion control and just moderation so yes obviously try and improve maybe your your ability to practice portion control but at the same time don't feel like you need to have breakfast i think some studies indicate if you do have breakfast it can lower your kind of calorie intake throughout the rest of the day and make you kind of eat less and so it could potentially lead to better adherence what i'd say is play about with it for yourself but don't feel like if you don't eat the first few mornings few hours of the morning or that or you kind of kind of draw out that fasting window a bit longer that you are going to have any kind of negative effects from that or maybe you're missing very 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 slight gains on the table but you you'll be fine like if your goal is fat loss if it's going to allow you to adhere better and adherence is a struggle then maybe consider not having it or play about with it because it means you've got more calories to eat in a shorter time frame, potentially. Uh, potentially leading to better adherence. So, yeah, breakfast, I think, kind of... I believe, see where they say, like, breakfast is an important meal of the day. I believe that was actually something regarding marketing for, like, cereal companies to try and get individuals to buy their products, which is quite funny. And next up is salt is bad for you. So I think this is something that is becoming less and less popular, but still exists. Salt has many kind of electrolytes in it, like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and it's something very important for like nervous system function and for performing at your best. And you we want an appropriate amount of each electrolyte, and having salt can help us achieve that. And salt can potentially increase blood pressure, and I believe the way it kind of works is basically you want to have like appropriate level of salt in your body so if you've got let's say a high level of salt your body wants to kind of dilute that putting it simple so you will have kind of more water in your blood uh, which will kind of increase kind of the blood pressure if that makes sense i believe that's how it works or more blood and then as a result you will have 
higher blood pressure potentially from that uh, in some cases so but salt can also be shown to lower blood pressure I believe and a lot of things will impact how much salt is appropriate for yourself like how much water you intake because the more water you drink the more salt you will kind of excrete through urination uh, because when we when we pee we pee out sodium we pee out salt pretty much and when we also sweat we will sweat out salt so it will depend on our activity level how much salt we potentially want to have as well as how much water we're consuming but salt is definitely not bad for you you need kind of appropriate amount of salt and not having enough salt will mean you can't perform at your best you won't get as good pumps in the gym uh, and you will have maybe poorer energy potential brain fog and poorer like central nervous system function so salt definitely isn't the enemy uh, what I'd say is like measure your blood pressure, play about with it, find out and then kind of say increase your salt and see kind of how you feel on that maybe level of salt and you if you feel any benefit from it. And a good way to know if you're having enough salt is see if you like you crave salty foods and that's typically your body telling you you kind of need salt. And that's kind of interesting because most individuals when they're hungover they crave kind of junk food, food that is high in sodium, high in salt. Uh, so just because salt is in maybe some junk food doesn't mean it's necessarily bad it's just kind of correlation not causation if that makes sense so yeah try having more salt measure your blood pressure see where it's at and then if maybe you feel like you're benefiting from it maybe stick to that higher salt intake but like i said it's based on the individual and your needs you can also consider getting electrolytes from an electrolyte formula but there's no need to kind of waste your money on them if you're not even attempting to salt any of your meals. So I'd start with just having an appropriate amount of salt. I, I personally have two grams of pink Himalayan salt and one gram of low sodium salt per meal. And that gives me an appropriate electrolyte balance as you want an appropriate ratio of sodium, potassium and magnesium. It's not just about getting salt and you want an appropriate ratio between them to ensure like optimal function. So salt definitely isn't bad for you and there's a lot of kind of benefits of salt as I've kind of touched on and cramp is a common kind of thing some individuals get in the gym and cramp can actually be from not having enough salt in your diet because we need sodium pr present to basically stop contracting our muscles to release kind of muscular contractions if that makes sense. So if there's no sodium present then we won't be able to kind of stop contracting our musculature which is why people get cramp. And Next up is like carbohydrates and fat to make you fat. So quite kind of, I think, one that's kind of dispelled nowadays, but carbohydrates and fat both have their role and you want an appropriate amount of each in your diet, ideally. And the reason being is carbohydrates are our main source of energy. So we ideally want them, especially around the workout window. And fat has a role in slowing down the digestion and, and basically how, how fast you're releasing kind of protein and carbohydrates into the bloodstream. As a result, you might want to have fat pre-workout or if you're not eating for an extended period so you're not kind of burning through that food super fast. It's also very important for hormonal function. So we want to make sure we're getting enough fat in our diet for that. Fat is something super important. And as for like carbohydrates, like I said, they're our main source of energy. So ideally we want them around training and also like to push food up when you are gaining. I do recommend kind of using carbohydrates due to digesting a bit faster than fat and protein being satiating and a bit harder to digest hence why carbohydrates are my preferred source to kind of push food up but none of these kind of macronutrients have the, none of them are the devil both are important and what does make you fat is consuming an excess amount of calories 
and maybe carbohydrates and fat can be a bit more easy to eat without getting full in comparison to protein so there might be some truth to that not the fact that carbs and fat make you fat but it's more likely going to make you overeat if let's say you consume a diet that's high in both of them and low in protein which i think is definitely true like if you aren't consuming much like well try it yourself if you if you'd want to find out but like if you think about what foods are kind of high in carbs and fat and low in protein typically it's not foods that are that healthy for you and not that filling eh? protein is shown to be satiating we burn more calories digesting protein so it's typically good to aim for it but like having carbs isn't going to do anything crazy in terms of making you gain fat if you're sitting at your calorie maintenance you're going to be fine if you're let's say eating more calories than you're burning you're going to put on weight regardless of where you're getting those calories from if you're eating less calories than you're burning you're going to lose weight regardless of where you're getting those calories from that doesn't mean it doesn't matter because like i said it can play a big part in satiety but we shouldn't kind of shy away from these macronutrients because they do also have their benefits so just make sure you've got appropriate calories for your needs and you will not gain kind of additional fat from it next up is sugar can be bad for you and you shouldn't have sugar so maybe sugar in very very high amounts i believe may not be good for overall health satiety again maybe your kind of blood sugar levels and your teeth but sugar can be beneficial and sources of sugar can well like you, you have sugar and fruit don't you sugar is just kind of like a form of carbohydrate and fructose which is basically sugar that we get from fruit can be beneficial and first of all like i don't think someone if they're trying to lose weight they shouldn't have fruit due to its sugar content the amount of calories that's in like fruit and the amount of sugar that's in it is not going to be kind of detrimental uh the, the kind of place it can be detrimental is if you're kind of having it from maybe refined sources that aren't that filling again if your goes fat loss uh, but having things like honey and honey can be like beneficial and that's a, that's a source of sugar just to help kind of bump your calorie intake up and get some really easy fast absorbing carbohydrates in your system so there's times where we want carbohydrates are easy to digest and fast absorbing if we're trying to replenish our glycogen stores and if we're trying to maybe eat more when we're in the gaining phase so it's not necessarily bad and you want some maybe sometimes fat, fast acting carbohydrates around the workout window and as well as that like if we pair kind of fructose which is kind of the what what we get from fruit the type of carbohydrate we get some fruit if we if we pair that with a uh, let's say having having rice or any other sort of like slow digesting carbohydrate like fructose and glucose it's shown that we kind of replenish our glycogen stores at a faster rate which can be beneficial to kind of utilize those carbohydrates post-workout to potentially uh, re replenish our glycogen stores if we are doing some sort of event let's say someone competes in let's say some sort of sport where there's multiple events and that's something they may want to consider so that they maximize their uptake of carbohydrates or if someone's trying to eat more carbohydrates after kind of weighing in for a fight to perform at their best and next up is you can only absorb so much protein so you don't eat two chicken breasts and then after that eat unlimited calories from protein and not gain weight that doesn't work like that uh, you can is there a benefit of having maybe like excessively high protein intake 
it gets to a point where you're not really getting the value of having like more protein's not better. You're not getting more kind of benefit from having more protein intake. So if let's say you're already fulfilling your protein needs and you're having more protein, you're still gonna absorb that. You don't kind of just it doesn't just go right through you and you don't utilise any of those calories. It doesn't work like that. Uh, we will still utilise those calories we consume from protein. We'll basically turn them into kind of glycogen or carbohydrates. Uh, it is an inefficient process, meaning it's not as efficient as kind of eating carbohydrates for energy source than eating, let's say, additional protein. So if you're getting the calories you kind of need from protein, you are probably better getting other macronutrients like having more carbohydrates, having more fats and getting kind of benefit of them. So it's not maybe bad having slightly more than you need, but it's, if it's at the point that's detrimental to how much calorie or how much kind of carbohydrates if you're under eating carbohydrates and fats due to having so much protein then this then it is detrimental yes but you can absorb whatever protein you eat it just means you're not going to benefit from it further i believe we need around about 20 25 grams bigger individuals maybe 30 grams of protein to stimulate muscle protein synthesis which is basically when we're in a good spot to kind of build new muscle tissue and we're not in a catabolic state a state where we're basically that meaning in a state where we're not in a good position to kind of build muscle and we're breaking down muscle tissue. So to put us in an anabolic state, a position where we are in anabolic in nature, where we've got the ability to kind of build muscle and promote muscle growth, then if we've kind of fulfilled those needs, we're not going to get much kind of benefit from having more protein on top of that. So yeah, there's it's, it's not that we kind of stop kind of uptaking those calories but we're not getting the benefit of like having more protein than we necessarily need throughout the day and next up is my metabolism's broke i can't gain or lose weight uh, so you hear people say this say this on either end of the spectrum people to kind of or people who believe they're overweight people who believe they're underweight or people who are just wanting to change their body weight regardless of how their body weight is uh, people say they they can't kind of change it and you can't really defy energy balance yes people can have maybe an underactive thyroid which is basically like they which can influence how much calories they can eat on a daily basis and what their maintenance calories is but like if someone can't gain weight like i've never i've never ever seen someone who literally can't gain weight that was a client it's either they're just not eating enough and if you're saying you can't gain weight log what calories you're eating on a daily basis, eat 200 more, see how see what your body weight does. If your body weight doesn't change, eat 200 more. If it doesn't change, repeat that process. You're going to eventually gain weight. You're just not tracking your calories. You're just not being consistent enough with your calorie intake and you're not repeating that process and adding calories over time. So like if, if you tell me like you, you eat 10,000 calories a day and you're not going to gain weight, then I just do not believe it. You can't you can kind of defy the laws of energy balance you can't kind of you just can't kind of get around them pretty much and when people say they can't lose weight so your body burns like amount of calories on a daily basis your body needs needs kind of energy to to move and to function and to be alive so yes some people's calorie maintenance might be lower than others and might need to eat less than others but you can lose weight you're just not eating enough uh, I know that that's sometimes not the best advice because it's not helpful, meaning I'm not helping you kind of gain weight. I'm just saying you can, you're just not doing it. And I can't help, like if I'm just saying to people who want to lose weight, 
you're just not eating little enough and that's obviously not helpful because it's not helping them kind of do so how can they actually do it and adhere to it but you, you obviously can uh, it's just a case of eating less and putting stra- strategies in place to allow you to do so and people who do have maybe a really really low calorie intake then they might want to consider trying to build that up before dieting but you can lose weight you're just not eating enough and you can gain weight you're just not eating or sorry you can lose weight you're not eating little enough i forgot the word little there and if you you can gain weight you're just not eating enough calories next up is you shouldn't eat carbohydrates late at night so what's going to influence what happens to your body weight is the amount of calories you eat on a daily basis let's say your maintenance is 2500 calories and you're eating let's say let's say you're eating 2,600 calories and you will gradually gain weight so it isn't a case of you are let's say you're going to gain fat because you're eating more carbohydrates later in the day you're going to gain fat because you are in a position where you are currently eating more calories than you're burning the opposite applies like if you are eating let's say all your carbohydrates later in the day but you're in a calorie deficit meaning you're eating more or you're eating less calories than you're burning, you are going to still lose weight regardless of where your food's kind of positioned. Is it optimal to eat all your calories or all your carbohydrates before bed? Potentially not. Just like how it might not be good to eat in the morning, but there's nothing kind of bad about eating them later in the day. Uh, do I recommend maybe centering your carbohydrates where you're going to be more likely to utilise them? For recovery purposes, your ability to build muscle and partition those nutrients towards building kind of muscle, potentially, yes, there's a very, very, very minor benefit to it. But if someone's trying to lose weight, if they're in a calorie deficit throughout the day, then they're going to lose weight, uh, even if their carbohydrates are at later in the day. Doesn't mean it's optimal, but you're still going to lose weight. So there's nothing bad about eating carbohydrates at night. They can actually promote good sleep quality, uh, so it can actually be beneficial because carbs can kind of if you've ever let a lot of carbohydrates you sometimes feel quite kind of sleepy and relaxed and that's that's like a good reason why you might want to have them later in the day to kind of help in terms of sleep quality and uh, next up is whole food is better so something i often hear is whole food is better than maybe having kind of things like maybe whey protein which i think's a myth on its own because the bioavailability of whey protein and whey protein isolate is very, very high. Bioavailability means how likely you are to kind of uptake and your body's likelihood to absorb it and utilize it effectively for like building muscle, let's say. And the bio, like I said, the availability of kind of whey protein isolates higher than things like eggs and other kind of whole whole food protein sources. So that is that is just wrong. Simple as that. Like whole food's not always better. There's benefit of kind of having things like whey isolate and things that aren't always kind of maybe whole foods and some things are you could class as processed it doesn't automatically make it bad or the devil whole food for the most part i think it is good advice having the majority of your diet made up of whole food but like it's not better than let's say whey protein or there's nothing kind of wrong about having whey protein in your diet it's not gonna be it's not the devil it can be beneficial can whole food be better in some circumstances for kind of satiety and helping you manage your hunger Potentially, yes, uh, because having like a protein shake, liquid calories, it's not that filling. It's going to digest faster as well, which isn't always good. But in some cases, let's say your food's very high, post-workout, you want to get a good amount of nutrients and protein in and carbohydrates in fast. 
then you might not want to eat a really slow digesting protein source that's quite hard to eat and filling, especially when your hunger's low. But saying that it's kind of a poor food choice, it's definitely not correct. So hope you've enjoyed the video or well, depending on what you're listening to this on, hope you enjoyed the episode of, or if you're watching it on YouTube, obviously enjoyed watching, etc. Uh, thank you very much for everyone's support. As always, if you did enjoy the podcast and feel free to share it on the story, drop me a tag. Uh, the support means an absolute ton, so any support you can drop, uh, if, if that means dropping a like, comment, subscribing, it's all massively appreciated. I've got more content going out on my YouTube channel as well as simply the podcast episodes, so feel free you to check that out. Any specific questions you have, episodes you'd like to see, drop me a message and I'll happily get back to you and also like maybe touch on it in an episode in the future. And I'm most likely going to be doing a Q&A for episode 140. So if you've got any questions for episode 140, then please just drop me them in either the comments on YouTube or drop me a message on Instagram.